With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Alan Wishart in the host chair, as usual, for Tuesday. Steve on the board. And I'm going to give a little bit of a forecast, if you will. You will be hearing Steve later in the show, whether you like to or not. But we'll leave it at that. Um, we talked to a fair number of artists, and a lot of times they are artists who have got an exhibit up at one of the local galleries, Two Rivers or a Studio 2880 or Omanika Art Gallery. Madeline Klopper is going to have a piece of work up in the near future, and it's not coming down. So, Madeline, welcome to the show to start with. Thank you. <laughs> and now, you are you have got the commission to do a mural at Two Rivers Gallery. Yes. So, um, how did you find out about to start with? And um, there was a couple of months ago. Um, there was a call for submissions to, uh, I guess, centered around like Northern BC artists to mm. apply on this. Yeah. Um, and I think the focus was more on like mid-career kind of emerging um, artists. Mm-hmm. So I saw it and I sent it. I sent it to a couple of um, artist friends, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, I want to do this too. This sounds really I'm cool." An yeah, wait a minute. Um, so yeah, so I sent in my application, and then um, I guess almost a month ago, I heard I heard back um, from Roxanne at the gallery. So I um, yeah, so I was excited for oh, that and. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, excited to get started. Yeah. So now, how have you done murals before? Because this is a mural. Like, this isn't just a nice little, you know, this is not like what um, Studio 288 and the art gallery used to do, a 6x6. This is not a 6x6. This is a mural. Yeah, so um, I've done, like, mini murals at Artsville a couple of times in the past, Mm -hmm. but I haven't done anything to this scale. Um but that being said, I have like worked. I work on um, children's books often, and I work with like different publishers and editors. So mm-hmm. I think um, I think it'll be like a a fairly smooth like transition to working on a large scale, just in terms of planning and execution. Yeah. Now, the plan is: Did you get a chance to go up and look at the space before you put in your submission? Um, no, they provided some photos, and I'm like, yeah, that looks like okay. a looks like a wall. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, looks like a wall. Yeah. And there, there was not. It was just a straight wall. Like there was no little protrusions or anything that you might have to work around. No, there's a couple of outlets, but I feel yeah. like that's pretty pretty okay. easy. Um, and it's upstairs, um, in the gallery, um, okay. at the far end. There's, um, I guess they're going to be calling it the wild side space. So ah. it's towards their little outdoor sculpture uh, sculpture court. So okay. it's um, yeah geared towards children. So they mm-hmm. have like lots of children's books, and um, I guess it'll be a place for like activities and that kind of thing as well. So yeah, um, yeah, the mural is supposed to kind of be like the centerpiece or like kind of the jumping off point yeah. um, for the look of the rest of the room. So if it's a children's section, I'm assuming you're not going to be doing something with death, doom, and destruction. <laughs> That's not the plan. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, when you, you said you'd send it off to a couple of other artist friends, and then you said, well, wait a minute, I'm an artist. Yeah. Why aren't I trying to do this? <laughs> At that point, did you sit down, and how long did it take you to kind of come up with the plan for what you wanted to do? Um, probably the application, working on it on and off, because you kind of have to mull things over. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, took, it took definitely took a few 
few days because you have to like do a bit of research as well. Because um, generally with artist proposals, they don't necessarily hold you to it to a T. Yeah. Um, but they want they want you to like have some kind of idea. It's like a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea I have is to um, to use like quilts as the basis um, oh. and kind of um, have like. Um, similar to like not a grid, but have like different kind of elements that come together and then form mm-hmm. a whole like unified piece. Okay, so now when you say so quilting, so is it going to be three dimensional? No, no, no just okay. um, but the painting is going to be almost like a quilt. Yeah, like okay. yeah, like um, so, okay. So there's like quilt blocks, so you might see yeah. that like sawtooth star pattern that's okay. quite popular. Yeah. Or um, but instead, I'll be using a lot of elements that are um that you'd like find in print storage like mm-hmm. um like you see lots of like lots of bears or um mm-hmm. some of the different like local local like flora and fauna yeah. and that kind of thing um or landmarks mm-hmm. i may get a mr pg in there <laughs> gee wouldn't that be a surprise <laughs> <laughs> so so you your art itself do you focus on painting then or um yeah, I so my main focus is children's illustration. Okay. So I have several books that have been published. Um, so with those, I usually before they're scanned into Photoshop and all that mm-hmm. stuff, they are like I generally work with like painting on paper right. and um, doing kind of mixed media things. And then um, so yeah, I'm used to I'm used to having a brush and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. <laughs> But if you're doing illustrations for a children's book, mm-hmm. to some extent, you've got a fair bit more direction, though, right? Because the illustration has to match the story the at text. that point as well. Right. Like, you can't have the artist, the author saying, and they took a walk through a beautiful field, and you've got them huddled in a little corner while a horrible storm is bursting outside. <laughs> that just doesn't work. Well, it could. Well, okay, it could, <laughs> but still. <laughs> but for this one... You had pretty much free reign then, really. And, yeah. Well, to some extent. Like, they obviously said, we want it to be kind of focused on the north, I think you yeah. were saying. Yeah, yeah so. they did have it, since it's the wild side space, that was mm. kind of, I guess, the jumping off point for okay. um, artist submissions. But, yeah, like, nature definitely plays, like, a big part in yeah. my work. So it was, like, definitely a natural, like, oh, yeah, I can I can do mm-hmm. this. Like, I have some ideas that I think will work well. It, had, did you decide fairly early on to go with sort of the quilt-like idea? Or was that something that came after you worked on it for a while? Um, I I guess, like, pattern and textiles has been, like, a fairly common theme in my work. And I I am pretty... I'm, I am fairly obsessed with, like, quilts and that kind of thing <laughs> and the symbolism around them. So I was kind of <laughs> like, oh, if I can... If I can get this to work, it would, like, not only be, like, very, like, aesthetically pleasing on a wall, but it would also, like... Yeah, it also aligns well with, like, my own, like, artistic practice. And so I guess as well during the quilt thing, again, it gives you that extra bit of freedom, doesn't it? Because it doesn't it it doesn't all have to tie together. You can have yeah, all these different can, little things. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it's nice, like, having this, like, patchwork. And I think I probably mentioned it in my proposal. But, yeah, it's kind of like all these pieces coming together. <laughs> so it's very, like, similar to, like being in a community and there's all these different people and different elements that come together and then make this unique like singular singular piece so have you started figuring out what colors you're going to be using like are you figuring one or two 
fairly dominant colors maybe throughout the whole thing or is it just going to be I'm going to take every every color on my palette and go for it uh, no I definitely have to work I'm definitely going to like work with a limited palette I haven't mm. quite figured that out yet I'm still um, so I'm following like a similar process to when I work on books so it usually starts with um, like small like a less refined sketch mm-hmm. um, then presenting it to the gallery yeah. and letting them get like getting gathering some feedback and then after that they all like do a more like refined yeah. um, sketch and then I can do provide like some different co- possible color palettes that mm-hmm. I think would work well so it's just kind of a matter of like narrow starting a little more broad and then narrowing it down yeah. and then having it Having like essentially knowing how it will look before it goes on the wall because <laughs> that that's the tricky thing. <laughs> and guessing as well, do, doing illustrations for children's books, a lot of time you could do the template, if you will, full size. Yeah, like this is this yes. is how everything. You mm-hmm. can't really do that, can you, with a mural? No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're in a. We, I live in a little house, so I don't even think I definitely don't even have the floor space for no. that. <laughs> So you have to, so even when you make the presentation to the people of the gallery at different points, you have to make sure they don't, you have to do it, I guess, precis- precisely enough that they can tell what is in each area because right. it's going to be, it's going to end up being blown up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I think when I go to do like the final painting, I, I think, um, a lot of muralists will use like a projector for the mm, initial yeah. sketching, so I think I'll I'll look into that uh, route just to get it to get it down. Um, but yeah, I think as long as you're working with like the right scale in your sketch, then I mean, like things like Photoshop or like Procreate mm-hmm. exist where you can mm-hmm. like very easily um, overset it in a different layer yeah. over over the wall, so they so you can definitely get a bit of an idea. Yeah. And even with Photoshop on your sort of original planning, mm-hmm. you can say, I just don't like that color square there. Yeah, and, and you, you can just move, move it around. and move another one over there and say, yeah. okay, that works better. Yeah, yeah. So I like to do a lot on paper, but definitely for sometimes for just like tweaking instead of yes. redrawing the whole thing for the millionth <laughs> time, you can just be like, let me just, let me just copy and paste. <laughs> yes. Knowing, of course, that it's going to be a little bit more difficult as well to do that after you actually put it on the wall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't have to do yeah. Okay, where's my little handsaw again? I'm going to cut that piece out and move it over there. Yeah, it's uh, it'll definitely change the, the uh, scope of the work. Yes. And so now, what kind of a timeline are you looking at then? Um, the gallery provided a fairly like generous um, mm. timeline. So just based on feedback, I kind of like having a month between like the different stages and that mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it'll definitely be done before um, the end of August, okay. but um, there's obviously gaps in between then, in between where I'm, I'll be like, yes, balancing other work and that kind of yeah. thing as well. So then the next step is basically do that sort of first overview of this is how I see the whole thing playing together. Give it to them and yeah. have them say. No, that's not what we want at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not. But no. yeah, usually um, we'll provide um, two to three sketches, like mm-hmm. with um, different kind of compositions, and then that will that will let 
them get an idea. Mm-hmm. And if it's completely not what they're thinking, then obviously back to the drawing board. But um, otherwise, yeah, you like go with one direction and then give it a little more detail and some mm-hmm. um, some like color mock-ups, and then that makes it a little. Then it like allows um, the client to visualize it better. Yeah. And now the reaction you got from them from when they said, okay, you've got the commission, mm-hmm. obviously they liked your idea as to what you wanted it to look like. Yeah. So now all you got to do is remember, okay, what did I write down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, it, I have it saved. So oh, good. Looking at it, but yeah, I have a couple of um, local like wildlife handbooks on my desk right wow. now that I've been looking into. I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a Ben Gad one that, um, that I've, use you like have used for i guess for years and that kind of mm-hmm. thing the hand guide to the northern rockies yeah um, and then yeah a few a few other ones too yeah that's the nice thing actually is if you're looking at like wildlife and plants and flowers and stuff like that they don't change that much from no. year to year so if your reference work is 10 years old not a big deal yeah exactly and um yeah the nice thing too is um i've i've been refining like my ideas a little more and I think I yeah I want to definitely have things that you find like you can find within city limits like Mm -hmm. so it could be on a trail but it could also like be along the river or like downtown but um yeah definitely focusing on like non-invasive species and that kind of thing yeah so you were saying you might have say a Mr. PG in there yeah is that about the only sort of shall we say building if you will that you're looking at having in there or um Oh, I was, I've, um, my partner, he suggested the, the rail bridge, the old oh, rail bridge, because right, that's kind yes. of like a oh, quintessential iconic, yes. Prince George, um, landmark. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. So mm-hmm. I might kind of, it won't be focused on like buildings and that no. kind of thing and more on the natural world, but yeah. it is fun to like kind of have those, um, those, yeah, those like really yeah. iconic land- landmarks as well. Another one that I was just thinking of when you were talking about the rail bridge. Was you know, although it's not all that colorful, really, the cut banks. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely there's on my. A, there's not a lot of color to that, though. <laughs> well, you can always um, fudge it, fudge yeah. it a bit, and <laughs> make it work with the palette. But so, in what you're doing on the plans you've got right now, are there any people involved, or is all of it going to be basically just wildlife, scenic shots, but no people anywhere? Yeah, I I don't think there's going to be people. Mm-hmm. I may look into that a bit, but yeah, definitely just the the landscape and the mm-hmm. area and the wildlife within it. And obviously your plans are probably going to change between now and when you put the finished product out there. Mm-hmm. Are you figuring on doing the mural as almost like an east to west thing in terms of how you lay it out? Or is it going to be a, a little bit more what looks good next to each other? <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, yeah, kind of like going with like the quilt thing. It's like it can be kind of arranged however, but you'll want it to have like a sense of balance. But Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it'll be kind of what works best in like each like kind of section. Yeah. Are you figuring on having different sections of the quilt though as well? Like are you going to have like say one corner of the quilt, if you will, Mm -hmm. that's going to be all composed of smaller squares but they've all got something in common? Or, again, are you figuring on it going to be, I hate to say a scattershot approach, but it's almost what it would be Yeah. in terms of it wouldn't necessarily tie together in one area. Right. Um, 
I think that's that's still something I have to yeah. to work through. <laughs> yeah. See how it goes as yes. you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, have they given you a date when they would like you to be putting pencil to the wall? <laughs> um, probably sometime in in August. I, oh, I would say okay. or July or August. Yeah. Um, I wow. think is I think they're very flexible as long yeah. as it's it's done by the deadline. But they they kind of understand that artists usually have like different projects that they're working on. Artists deadlines. Yes. They don't usually match too well. Yes, but artists definitely need deadlines. If I've yes. learned anything, yes, or else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my 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 work for your calendar for twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm almost finished it. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline Clopper whose work is going to be on display at Two Rivers Gallery for quite some time. Thank you very much for coming in and bringing us with data on what's happening at the Wild Side. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Take a quick break. Be back with more after nine. Featuring the latest songs from artists in Canada and from around the world. Hosted by DJs from coast to coast to coast. 30 minutes of Canada's newest music downloaded exclusively from the Earshot's digital distribution system. For more information about the show, check out earshot-distro.ca. Listen up, Canada. This is your show on your station. Canada's Earshot Daily. Earshot Daily, weekday nights at 1125 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. In Prince George, DDR2 Computer Solutions is your first stop for sales, service, and repairs. Located just off Queensway at 857 2nd Avenue, next to MetaChair, DDR2 can keep your business or home system running at peak performance. Their in-shop and on-site rates are competitive, so you receive quality service at an affordable price. Plus, there's a special rate for seniors. They also carry top-of-the-line laptops, motherboards, and graphics cards for high-end gaming. When you think of computers, think of DDR2. Call 236-423-2216. That's 236. 236- 423-2216. Learn to love your smile again at Der Denture Center. Der Denture Center offers a full range of denture services from partial dentures to complete dentures. Same-day repairs are also available. Der Denture Center is located on the third floor of the Victoria Medical Building with easy elevator access. Come in for a free complimentary consultation. No referral required. For help with your existing set or if you need new, Der Denture Center in the Victoria Medical Building. Call 250-562-6638. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, a 40% chance of showers this afternoon with winds in the south at 20 and a high of 13. Partly cloudy tonight, south winds becoming light this evening, a low of 2. For Wednesday cloudy, a 70% chance of showers in the afternoon with winds from the north at 20 and a high of 10. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Crystal Leeson, I'm going to see if I can get this straight. Executive Director, Hubble Homestead and Giscom Portage Heritage Society. That's it. No one ever says that whole thing. Okay, that's the, <laughs> that, that just does it for the interview. Thank right, you very much. Yeah. <laughs> no, your break is over. Well, not that you probably had much of a break anyways, but um, in terms of now, people are going to start showing up at Hubble Homestead. People are going to start showing up. We're excited. And, and it's going to be, it's not just going to be one or two people at a time and they've got to have masks and they've got to stay 47 <laughs> feet apart. It's going to be oh, it's going to be like living like in the past. Normal. Yeah, like we living used to. Um, yeah. yeah. The events are back this yes. year and we're really excited. So and It starts this weekend. I know. I, I don't, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just scared her. Now she's going, oh. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's only four days left. Yeah. And now you guys actually open on Saturday. Yes. And then 
it's a long time before you have one of your special events. Really though. long. We have to wait an entire twenty four hours. Day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Victoria Day weekend. Yeah. And now I am trying I'm trying to remember because it can't been it's been a couple of years. It has. Victoria Day it's not really a specific event day, is it? Like Dominion Day, as you guys mm-hmm. refer to July first, obviously it's all tied to the history of Canada and everything. Victoria Day is more of just a spring holiday. Yeah, we usually celebrate uh, with an event called Spring on the Homestead. So mm, it's yes. mostly um, spring. We're celebrating the yeah. change of the season, um, celebrating that we're open. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing lots of fun things. So we do a few traditional spring things, of course, like yes. planting the garden, maypole dance. Um, but we also have other fun things that are not specifically spring-tied, well, I suppose. Well, one thing that is sort of spring-tied and also very much tied to the heritage, but I don't think you've done this before, cheese-making. Cheese-making, yeah. Yes. We are. We have cheese-making happening both days, Sunday and okay, Monday. Yeah. We have a local expert, Tracy Johnson of CheeseNeeds.com. Mm-hmm. She's an author. She makes... We've been following her on, on Instagram, and oh my God, <laughs> it looks delicious. Um, so yeah. she's going to be making cheese both days, 11 to 3. She's going to be cutting, I guess, the curds um, at 12 and 2 both days. She's... Uh, no, yes. I've been listening to the plans <laughs> she's been giving us, and I'm like, you are really <laughs> like yeah. enthusiastic. I mean, obviously enthusiastic but like she's like really going above and beyond. And she's she's, she's going to have multiple badges yeah. on at the same time so people can see different yeah. stages of, of where it's at. Yeah, I'm cutting the courage at 12 and 2. And yeah. you're going, look, half of our events, we just say, okay, it's going to take place sometime tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> we actually usually have a pretty good schedule. Yeah, so, I know. You know, we, we have a bit of a span of time usually when things happen, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so 12 and 2, get ready for cheese making because it's going to be delicious. There's going to be a lot of samples, mm, I think. Good. I know. So when you've got something like that, especially in this case because it's a new event, do you sort of plan the rest of the events out there so that there's no other major events interfering with usually, that one so that people have a chance to? Yeah, usually when we make an event day schedule, we're trying to – Make sure that there's fun stuff to do yeah. pretty much any time and that you're not missing one fun thing no. so that while you're doing another fun thing. Yes. The trouble sometimes is days, sometimes like homestead days when we have just so much happening yeah. <laughs> that you lose all your butter making people because they've all gone to play the games and yeah. relays. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, when you say the butter making people, I'm hoping you mean the people who were there watching. The people butter, watching. I'm not still there the making the actual it. butter makers <laughs> who have gone off to play games. I'm just there shaking my, shaking it by myself and yeah. just waiting for people to come back. For come example. on, come on. <laughs> yeah, and then of course um, ice cream. Yes, ice cream, yes. butter making, cheese making, all delicious Whoa. things happening this Sunday and Monday. I sense a dairy theme. We here. do have a lot of dairy. I don't know why we have a lot of dairy <laughs> event um, activities. <laughs> well, dairy was a big thing. Well, certainly if you day. had cows, you know, cows oh. produce a lot of milk every day, yes. and you. All of the things that we do with dairy are really ways of preserving milk, right? Oh, like making yeah. yogurt, making cheese, making butter is all just ways of preserving food that, you know, you don't waste things. Yeah. Um, and so you're doing everything you can to to make the most of what you've got and make sure it lasts as long as possible. So Now, over the what is it, basically two years, I guess, since you've had the chance to run full events, mm-hmm. 
did you guys have the chance out there to do any renovations on any of the buildings or anything? Since oh. you didn't have a lot of people. No. We're always doing renovations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you might say. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the problem with having a, a historic site. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a lot, everything we do for the most part is, is built with untreated wood. So mm. a lot of structures just like don't last forever. Yeah. So. Particularly harsh winters um, sometimes mm-hmm. do a number on us. So our we've actually had to rebuild our chicken and rabbit run because Oof. it didn't quite survive. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> our duck pen didn't live. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's always small repairs. We did a lot of work to the barbecue floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, our maintenance budget is pretty much spent. We're not open yet. Yes. <laughs> I'm a bit bummed because I had some okay. other stuff on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always stuff that we're doing. Really, the pandemic, what it allowed us to do without having um, events gave us a lot more time to really focus on our collections. Mm. So we were able to do a complete inventory of our artifacts. Um <laughs> Photograph them. Oh, we got one of those. Update, wow. yeah. <laughs> update their condition. More like, where is this? Yes. <laughs> or yeah. I think this is the same record. We just have one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there was a lot of work put into photographing mm-hmm. and updating, cleaning, checking the condition of all of our artifacts. Mm-hmm. So those are pretty much all available online now. We Ooh, are part wow. of. Um, of the Exploration Place's new online database. And so all of our collection is now available through the same um, online database, mm-hmm. which is really amazing, not just for us mm-hmm. um, and how we use the information, but for the public too. And we have a lot of photographs, Hubble photographs and other things on there that uh, are really worth a look. Now, totally off the wall on this one, but you just mentioning about the Exploration Place and mm-hmm. you guys... Um, I haven't heard much in the last couple of years about the Golden Raven thing. Golden. Is this all continued part of that? Like, are you looking at getting some of these other out-of-town museums to get their stuff on? Well, yes. So um, the Golden Raven was a joint marketing yes. um um, I guess not venture. Like, venture. I was yes. like, I don't want to call it an experiment. Um, no, <laughs> we've actually it was a very successful experiment. Yeah, what we've actually done is rebranded it, and uh-huh. now it's Northern Roots and oh, okay. Roots R O U T E S like uh, okay, yeah. ways. Um, so we are um, still partnering with those other um, museums yeah. and collection holding organizations, um, but we're now marketing as Northern Roots. And mm-hmm. so there's, yes, the Exploration Place, the Central BC Railway and Forestry Museum, mm-hmm. uh, Two Rivers Gallery and Us, our Prince George base. Yeah. Then there's uh, Valley Museum and Archives, McBride Museum yeah. and Archives. Um, sorry, McBride. That's not what they called. No. Uh, sorry. Something. I, in McBride, I there's a Valley I, I, Museum. See, if I had known, <laughs> that, Museum, if I, had known um, I was going to be asking you about that, I would have made sure that I had the little panel in front of me. I but, should know this, too. Yeah, but, <laughs> I meant to say Mackenzie and District Archives. Okay. Museum and Archives. Yeah. So there's eight. There's four in the city, four sort of outlying mm-hmm. collections holding institutions. And we do work together along with Barkerville and Fort St. James National Historic Site um, to do marketing um just for like our our region and yeah. the heritage that we have here. Okay. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, talking with Crystal Leeson about this weekend, but also what's happening during the rest of the year out at Hubble after 9.
The inaugural Jazz Music Awards is now accepting submissions for the Global Awards Show through Wednesday, June 15th. A not-for-profit subsidiary of WCLK Jazz 91.9, the award ceremony will be held on Saturday, October 22nd. Nominees and winners will be chosen by a specially selected craft committee with expertise in the field. Full details and updates on the Jazz Music Awards are available through jazzmusicawards.com. The submission deadline for the inaugural Jazz Music Awards is Wednesday, June 15th. A large portion of forested area between UNBC and Gintersfield is currently for sale for development. A recent UNBC survey shows an overwhelming opposition to the idea, with more than 90% of respondents saying the area should remain as a green space. Many cities now appreciate wellness and social benefits of keeping natural lands near and easily accessible. Ginters Green Forever is a group dedicated to keeping this forested area intact for hiking, walking, and biking. To learn more about the proposed sale and Ginters Green Forever's efforts to stop the development, visit Ginter's Green Forever Facebook page. Beat the bugs this year by making a personalized natural repellent. Learn how during an evening workshop June 3rd at the Two Rivers Art Gallery. Using essential oils like citronella, lavender, lemongrass, tea tree, and eucalyptus, you'll create your own recipe in a take-home diffuser bottle and sew together a cloth bracelet to soak up your favorite repellent. Led by the former forester and local artist Sebastian Nicholson, register at Two Rivers Art Gallery, a natural bug repellent workshop, 6.30, June 3rd, at Two Rivers Art Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Hope Air has released their 2021 Impact Report, detailing their collective impact on the lives of patients who must travel for medical care. The report focuses on three important themes of Hope Air's crucial work, optimism, realism, and growth, as they look ahead to the rest of 2022. Check out their report on 2021 at hopeair.ca slash impact as part of their brand new website. Hope Air, bridging the distance between home and hospital for Canadians in need. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, Crystal, one thing I think we have to talk about right off the bat, because you always like to mention it, the general store. <laughs> Everybody loves With the food. general store. There's food. Yes. It's really like a comfortable building. It's mm-hmm. really it's alive in there. Yeah. You know, you've got this beautiful wooden interior. It's just like a nice place to be, and there's always so many delicious and cool things in there to check out there's usually about what i think 500 flavors of peppermint sticks i might be yeah, a little bit it's off. something like 18 okay. it is a lot yeah. <laughs> and again the nice thing for people who head out there sunday and monday especially is you won't be standing outside in a lineup no waiting yeah. for the for the two people who are in the store to be officially cleared while they brush down everything and then let the next two people in. no <laughs> within yeah. reason so we've taken off limits in the store, of Good, course. Yeah. We are recommending masks, but they're yes. not required. Our staff will wear masks in the mm-hmm. general store um, just because we work closely together yes. and we don't have, <laughs> can't really afford to have everybody off sick at once. Um, so, no. yeah, we are general store is back. Barbecue is back. The condiments are returning. So if you've Ooh. been missing, like, the sauerkraut and the hot peppers and the tomato onion relish, then they're back. <laughs> some of our staff are like, finally. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got some really lovely consignment items that have come in. So there's going to be a whole new selection of locally made goods. Uh, candy is um, one of those things that's been impacted by... Yes. 
uh, shipping and supply issues. Mm. So we have some new stuff and some old things that aren't aren't back this year. Uh, I don't know the details, so don't oh, okay. don't get too upset <laughs> yet. Or you don't know yeah, that she your knows all the details. She's just afraid I'm going to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it promises to be um, a delicious um, weekend mm. in the store. You can always, of course, bring a picnic to Hubble Homestead, but yes. we do have barbecue items. So every weekend, ten to twelve, we have pancake breakfast. Fist available, ah, which okay. people really enjoy. Yes. And then starting at noon, we have our barbecue items. So we have hot, hot dogs, hamburgers, and veggie alternatives as well. Um, on some special events, we'll have special menu items, um, mm-hmm. pie and cookies, uh, lots of old-fashioned Ooh, candies. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cookies are really good. We're getting yes. them from a farmer's market provider this year. Oh, and yeah. we... There's a few that have nuts in them that we're not selling, but we had samples in the office yesterday. I think I had four. <laughs> so they're going to be good. Okay. <laughs> That's why you usually like to walk to the interviews, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, I need to get, I need to burn off those cookie calories somehow. But, um, yes, the general store will, is of course open every day, mm-hmm. all summer long, 10 to 5. And we have different sales almost every weekend. So, um, yeah, I think this weekend is like, kitchen things 10% hmm. off makes sense because so, you're teaching people how to make cheese yeah there's a lot of food demonstrations stuff, so, happening yeah. this weekend so why not get your dish yeah. towels and some hand handmade dishcloths and all that now, I was reading you guys have got a new exhibit mm-hmm. a diary oh uh, this is one of my favorite things <laughs> I just love it so um Albert Hubble, the founder of Hubble Homestead, kept a diary, so a daily record of his activities from 1909 to 1919. In the 80s, um, the Hubble family loaned the diaries to um, members of our society Mm -hmm. who transcribed them. And so for many years, um, the transcription of the Hubble diaries has been for sale in the general store. In 2020, uh, the family donated the original diaries to Ooh. us, which was so cool. Um, last This past winter, UMBC Archives got a book scanner, which is a special kind of scanner that allows you to scan things without pushing yes. them flat. Um, and we were like the first people that they let use it. <laughs> so they allowed us to scan all of the Hubble diaries. So we now have digital PDFs of them. So what the curator and I have been doing all winter is going through reading Albert Hubble's original writing, mm-hmm. um, comparing them to the transcription. Mm-hmm. Um, we're updating the transcribed diary. We're not quite finished. We won't have it ready no, for this weekend. No, okay. Maybe next weekend. <laughs> so you <laughs> got to go back out again, people. But we also are... Um, we this is the beginning of a, of a pretty large project because mm-hmm. we're doing research on all of the people that he mentions. Ooh. So we want to know what they're doing there. Do they live here? Are they passing through? What are they doing? Are you First Nations? Are you Métis? Mm-hmm. Are you like English? Like what are you doing? Um, so we have a list. I've I went through and and literally listed every time he mentions a name. I have two thousand <laughs> entries in this. <laughs> In this uh, database, um, and so we we know a lot about a lot of the people yes. that are coming through. We know a lot more about what they were doing, and it's not that we didn't have this quite available. Some things weren't quite right. The mm. transcription uh, had errors in it, just yeah, it because of the way it yep. was it was done. Um, and it, not to say it hasn't been totally invaluable, but this is really quite remarkable. And so it's the beginning of. Um, of a larger project we want to turn into an online exhibit, sort of an interactive 
an interactive online exhibit, essentially, where you can see Hubble's original yeah. writing, see the transcription, click links to find out, you know, this is a picture of this person, this is a map, this is mm-hmm. um, a, a newspaper. Art. There's a lot of newspaper articles that backs up what he talks about. Yeah. So we have a temporary exhibit this year going up in the Welcome Barn that just sort of explores um, some of the really cool things we found out mm-hmm. while we've started this. So, for instance, one of my favorite things is in 19... 19- 11, Hubble gets married. His wife comes out in 1912. You start noticing this isn't Hubble's handwriting in his diary. And it turns out it's Annie Hubble's handwriting. So she actually makes like 80 entries in his 1912 diary. And it's so funny because it's still exactly like his voice. He's always like done. He's saying things like, Sowed oats, fine day. (laughs) You know, they're very short. but, (laughs) But the entries she makes for him are like essentially that just in her writing and you're like so i wonder if he's a dictate he must be dictating this to her i just think it's really sweet um we've found a lot more out about some of the people that are around um and then we we really like seeing how i guess how he's getting his news and it's not quite up to date so he'll you know he'll say something about oh um Oh, Lord, uh, Lord Kitchener missing. So in 19, in 1915, I think, um, the Earl, Lord Kitchener, was actually killed when, um, during World War I, when the boat he was on was sunk by, by German forces. Um, and the newspaper article, um, in the Citizen, um, says that he is dead, but obviously he's heard it secondhand because they don't know for sure. I mean, it's just really cool. So we just we just love making all these links. And eventually what we want is this is his diaries to be essentially a resource for anyone doing research in this area, wow. because it has just like an incredible amount of um, of records and uh, connections <laughs> to all sorts of things. It's a shame he didn't have Internet back then. Um, well, and that's one of the things that prevented um, some, that, that led to some of the questions that were in the yeah. original transcription is they didn't have the Internet. And, you know. Organizations, individuals, clubs, governments all across Canada and the world have spent decades um, digitizing records. Mm-hmm. And it, this project would not be possible without all of that because, you know, sometimes you just start – I would just start typing in, like, does this make this <laughs> – I don't know what he's saying here. Yeah. So I just start, like, guessing, trying new spellings of stuff. And we found um, – a lot of actually primary contemporary sources of mm-hmm. people who were there and describe Hubble yeah. and Seabock and their experience at the portage. It's cool. We found the first known photo of Annie and Ada Hubble at the portage um, doing this. And it was, it's just really cool. I get goosebumps when I talk about it. <laughs> Crystal Leeson, Executive Director, Hubble Homestead and Giskin Portage Heritage Society. Got it right again. Sure. You can and, just say Hubble Homestead okay. Historic Site. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's easier. It's more more recognizable. You start this weekend, so you're open Saturday when? Yes, we open Saturday at 10 o'clock. We'll mm-hmm. be open every day until September 5th, 10 to 5. Mm-hmm. Our first uh, event, events are back. First one is this weekend, Sunday and Monday, the 22nd, 23rd, Spring mm-hmm. on the Homestead. We've got demonstrations. We've got games and relays, contests. The garden's going to be planted, self-led activities, the general store is open, got um, a, someone talking about wool on Monday, we've got a <laughs> scarecrow contest on Sunday, um, dogs, of course, are welcome, yes. admission is by donation, and it's a lot closer than you think, yeah, 40 okay. kilometers. Yeah, 40 <laughs> kilometers north. 
just with off signs. Highway 97 yeah. on Mitchell Road. Watch for and the And if sign. people want more information, even though they cannot access the internet out there. Well, if you have, if if you're right in the spot where the cell signal okay. works, then yeah. you could get okay. internet. But otherwise, where HubbleHomestead.ca. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember always, Hubble with one B, H-U-B-L-E. Crystal, I think we'll be talking a few more times during the summer. That'd be great. Okay. Take another break and be back with more after nine. On now at Tourverse Gallery, Wobbly from multidisciplinary artist and designer Mercedes Mink. Through adventures in paint and textiles, Mink highlights how the imperfect curves and crooked lines of nature are precisely what make it so beautiful. You could call Wobbly a love letter to imperfection. Two Rivers Gallery is honored to host this first solo exhibition by this Prince George-based artist. Wobbly from Mercedes Mink, on through June 19th at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Réclamez ce qui vous revient de droit. Faites comme les quelques 130 000 personnes qui ont fréquenté un externat indien fédéral et ont présenté une demande d'indemnisation. Le 13 juillet 2022 est votre dernier jour. Consultez le site indiandayschools.com fr ou appelez le 1-844-539-3815. After a two-year hiatus, the Forever Young Chorus is back with their new show, Broadway. Performances are at Trinity United Downtown on Sunday, May 29th, and Sunday, June 5th at the Elder Citizens Recreation Association on 10th. Each show starts at 2 with special guest, the PG Ukes. Tickets are just $10, available in advance at the ECRA or at the door with proceeds going to the Elder Citizens Recreation Association. Broadway from the Forever Young Chorus, May 29th at Trinity United and June 5th at the ECRA. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today, a 40% chance of showers this afternoon with winds from the south at 20 and a high of 13. Partly cloudy tonight, south winds becoming light this evening, a low of 2. For Wednesday, cloudy, a 70% chance of showers in the afternoon with winds from the north at 20 and a high of 10. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So yesterday evening I found out that my scheduled guest was unable to make it. And I thought, gee, what am I going to do for the last horse Why show? were they unable to make it? Well, um, basically because they were going to be phoning from Alberta and they'd forgotten about the time change. So they were already booked for this hour when they thought yes. they were going to be available. Yes. Either that or else they found out about me. Well, but that can't be because didn't you rebook them for next week? I have not officially rebooked them oh, yet, but we're going okay. to try. Um, however, I am joined by, most of you will recognize that voice as Reg Fair, and Steve Smith, who is normally on the board, but who I told you you would hear from. Not not normally on the microphone. No. Not normally, but no. he's usually on the board. That's what I said, is he's on the board, but I did tell them earlier that they would hear from him today. Oh. Yes. Yeah. You well, gave me a little go. plug there. Yes. All right. I figured I'd give them an advance warning in case they wanted to leave. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, by golly, what are we going to talk about, guys? Well, do we want to hear from Stephen first? Oh, because in, in he's the heartbroken to, one. Well, you're why? Just, you're just trying to set me up here. <laughs> why did your Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> not get out of the first round again? Again. Again, yes. And then uh, Mitch Marner gets uh, <laughs> carjacked. armed carjacked. Oh, yes. I didn't hear about that. No. Yeah. Oh, my, that's yeah. brutal. I yeah. just can't win? No, no. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Yes. But anyway, so tonight, 
So I'm not I'm not going to cheer for Tampa. Oh okay. no, I'm cheering for Florida. Well, I'm cheering for Florida too, uh, but uh, let's let's take a look at the first round. Uh, an incredible. Round. Oh, okay. No, let's oh, look at the first okay. round. Let's look back at the first round yeah. before we get into the second mm-hmm. round. An incredible five. <laughs> Game sevens in the first round. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And I, I was thinking, well, that's got to be a record, you I mean, would it's think. It's amazing. Like, because, yeah, you don't usually see that many. So I tried to track down what was the record for the most game sevens, mm-hmm. and all I could find was the most game sevens in a playoff year, yeah. and the record is seven. And we've already had five. Jeez. So good chance that we'll have a record for the most game sevens in a playoff year. Absolutely. Could yeah. set that. Now, that being said, the record for uh, the number of game sevens in uh, the first round is actually six. Which means every series after that pretty much well was well that's yeah that's yeah. the odd thing about that year is that's that was the only game sevens in that playoff year so that wasn't even it the didn't season. even set one of the it didn't even there were three years that it was tied with seven overall game wow. sevens mm-hmm. and that wasn't one of them so already a good start to, to possibly break that record of game sevens which is uh, pretty exciting and really tests the true hockey fans' oh. uh, heart strength. Yes, <laughs> but I, I can the see the adrenaline gets up I can there, see a it? couple more coming with with the oh for sure with the matchups here. Yeah, and we got a couple of neat matchups too. We've got the Battle of Florida and the Battle of Alberta. And battle, yeah, and I'm and I have to get this out of the way because I don't get to brag like this very often. Uh oh. First round, I picked seven out of eight. Now, the one that I was wrong on, I was way wrong on, because that was the uh, Colorado sweep, which I thought okay. Nashville might be able to... If you're going to be wrong, Reg, be totally exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Go but, all the way. Uh, yeah. But I did nail uh, Tampa Bay in seven, mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis in six, so I got exact numbers yeah. on those. Uh, round two will be very interesting, and I know, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping for Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Season series, though, Tampa won the season series. <coughs> yeah. uh, it'll be tight. And, and the yeah. thing that might uh, skew it in Florida's favor is uh, Braden Point not being 100%. Mm. He's a key cog in the Tampa Bay lineup. Yeah. So with him uh, potentially not up to 100% for early in the season or, or early, series, early in the series, series or yes. perhaps for the full series. I can see that one that, getting that pretty rough, run. too. It, it, well, yeah. yeah. Well, they all. I mean, realistically, well, divisional the deeper rivals. You, deeper you get into yeah. the playoffs, the the more intense it gets, right? Yeah. But yeah, for sure, the uh, rivalry between uh, Calgary and Edmonton that's going to be off the charts as well. Yes. But the other game tonight, so Tampa Bay, Florida, start tonight, and St. Louis, Colorado. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. Like I say, I prefer to have Florida win. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay took the season series 4-3, but one of those wins was in overtime. So that's how close okay, that season so, series was. Yeah. Well, that's one I could see going seven. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would think seven. 4-3 yeah. with I'm, one going to I'm overtime. I'm picking Tampa Bay, but hoping Florida's able to pull it out. Yeah. So head says Tampa Bay, heart says Florida. Florida, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, the other thing I like to look at is the Canadian content on each team. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, first round, I just took the overall roster that's on their roster list, yes. which for Sometimes some teams includes every possible player they could use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this time around, I only looked at the players who actually had uh, some ice time in, in the first round. Plus the backup goalie if he yeah, didn't if see he didn't, action. Well, yeah. that narrows it down. So yeah. uh, Florida then has the edge, 12 out of 22 players, so 54.55% yeah. compared to Tampa Bay at 48.1. Still close. Yeah. Yes. Still St. Close. Louis uh, against Colorado. I'd like to see St. Louis win, but uh, that's realistically, not, that's, that's no. yeah. Uh, Colorado won the season series 2-1. to one. They also swept them last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Canadian content, St. Louis, a paltry 10 out of 25 for 40%. Colorado, 10 out of 21 for 47.62%. I'm going to say Colorado in six. It'll probably be done in five. And the story I saw this morning is Kemper, the Colorado goalie, is they figure he's going to be ready for tonight. Going to be back, yeah, Yeah, which will make it even tougher for St. Louis. Uh, Before we go on, yeah, let's take a break. Before we go break. on to well, just to finish off yeah. that, oh, okay. If Colorado gets any victories, I think it'll be if basically because if St. Louis picks up any wins, it'll because uh, because their goaltender manages to steal mm-hmm. one, which we've seen Binnington do in the past. So yeah. there's the outside chance of them picking up a couple of wins. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Be back to talk about the other two series after nine. Vantage Point invites not-for-profit leaders to take their Intro to Accelerator coaching June 7th and 14th. Essential Impact gives not-for-profit leaders hands-on training to effectively integrate coaching in the workplace. Participants will have the opportunity to observe coaching, practice coaching, and be coached using real-world experiences. Registration and full details are available through the calendar link under training at thevantagepoint.ca. Intro to Accelerator Coaching, Tuesday, June 7th and 14th from 9 to 1 through thevantagepoint.ca. Take part in the Give Hope Wings 2022 Canada Coast to Coast Expedition, June 26th to 24th. This epic multi-aircraft series of flights consists of two stages, a western stage from Victoria to Toronto and an eastern stage from Toronto to St. John's, then back to Montreal for the COPA Convention. Join as a pilot, a flight school fundraiser, or a general fundraiser with your own donation event. Registration and full details are available through the Give Hope Wings link under Get Involved at HopeAir.ca. The Hickson Bluegrass and Country Jamboree is back May 27th to 29th at the Hickson Community Hall. Live bands, band scramble, open mic, concession stand, and kids corner. Plenty of music-based fun for the whole family. Adult weekend admission is just $40 with children 12 and under free. Rough camping is also available. For more information, visit hicksonbluegrasscountryjamboree.weebly.com or email hickspg14 at gmail.com. The Hickson Bluegrass and Country Jamboree, May 27th to 29th in Hickson. The Alzheimer's Society of BC has continuing online dementia education programs. These free presentations offer small group information workshops facilitated to provide opportunities for live discussion. Explore the benefits of meaningful activities for families affected by dementia with activities for warmer weather, Thursday, May 26th from 2 to 3.30. Registration and full details on this and other sessions are available through alzbc.org. More information is also available through the First Link Dementia Helpline at one 800 936 6033 
featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So two other series in the second round of the NHL playoffs. Let's start with the one that nobody in Canada really cares about, Rangers in Carolina. Well, I wouldn't say that, but you know what I mean, though. Anyone's anyone who's in a hockey pool probably has Rangers or Carolina Hurricanes on their team. Uh, Yeah, Carolina, I think, got that one. Uh, I'd like to see them win. They took the season series three games to one. Even the Canadian content, uh, the Rangers only have six of twenty-four players that are Canadian. Uh, Carolina, Carolina, not much better. Six of twenty-two <laughs> that have played so far in the playoffs. Yeah, so, uh, so twenty-five percent compared to twenty-seven point two seven percent. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm going to say Carolina in five on that. Mm-hmm. Might go okay. six, but the thing with the Rangers that we haven't seen is uh, the goaltender uh, Shesterkin. He, he's touted as uh, as a Vezina Trophy winner. Yeah. He's touted as an MVP. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see that at all in well, the no, first I was, round, I was except looking at the for stats the final game. I didn't get to see morning. the final game. But well, if there's an upset, I picked that. Uh, you think I picked the, that one? Yeah. Well, the well, upset there if, would be the Rangers winning. Well, yeah. The and Rangers also, winning. I'm glad to see that there's still one original six. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, the. Yeah, and if there is an upset, it'll be because it'll be the, the Rangers beating Carolina finally yeah. shows up and, and plays yeah, like you can. I, I was looking at the stats this morning, and of the goaltenders who shall we say qualified in terms of they're going to play the majority of the minutes, yeah. he had the worst goals against average in the first round, three point six eight. Probably not a very they, good they save percentage either. Seven, yeah, uh, yeah, and that that might be the thing that'll that'll get them. You know, an upset or at least a few more victories mm-hmm. is if they win the goaltending battle because Carolina doesn't have quite the quality of goaltending no. that they've had in the past, and they had some injury problems yeah. Yeah. there. So, and they both went seven games. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're both uh, teams that have seen plenty of action already. Speaking of teams that each went seven games, well, are we done with New York I don't know. and Carolina yet? Do you have anything else to add to that? Well, I was going to say, with Carolina, I think one of the advantages they have is in the coaching department. Because if you noticed in the first round, I I picked Carolina to sweep, Mm -hmm. and they ended up going seven. Yes. And it was the only series where the home team won every game. Mm -hmm. And and I'm thinking about Rod Brindamore as the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, and I can see him being the type of coach that – uh, like I've said in the past, you don't really have, there's no such thing as home ice advantage no, in the playoffs. No. And I say that because the only real advantage you have is matching lines. Yes. Because you get last uh, change. You get last change. And most coaches do that to an extent. Mm-hmm. But I, I get the impression that Brindamore does that, takes it a, a, a step further. Not only does mm-hmm. he put out the players that he thinks will shut Match down up. the other yep. team's top line, he probably gives them very specific instructions on how to do that. Yes. <laughs> Which most coaches probably don't take no. that extra effort. Brendan right? is one of the best coaches in the league. Oh, easily, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any nominations for the uh, Jack Adams Trophy. He better, uh, he better be up nominated, there. If he's not nominated, I'd, I'd kind of scratch my head on that. Yeah, he better be up there. Yeah, he, he's not... Not just a good coach, but he's a good players coach. Yes. Oh, absolutely. His players love playing for him, but he really knows the game inside and out, inside which is great out. to see. 
Okay, so now. Battle of Alberta. Yes. Edmonton, that Calgary. That's going to be a yeah. battle. Now, I heard a rumor, which I'm pretty sure is not true, that they said, okay, t- home ice, no big difference. We're just going to play all the games in Red Deer. Halfway yeah, right. between. <laughs> yeah, no? Okay. Smaller yeah. rink. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if the uh, WHL team is still playing or not. That's the other problem. But, yeah, well, that, yeah. yeah. Yes. That so, won't happen. So, and Calgary, both seven games to get here. Yeah. This is an interesting one. I, I, I looked at... Uh, what was the U- season series? Well, I'll get there. Yeah. USA Today on Yahoo News, or Yahoo Sports, does their predictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, their predictions, they have three different writers that, that uh, make the predictions. Uh, their predictions, they all took Colorado to win pretty easy but they all also took calgary to beat edmonton mm-hmm. and i'm thinking wow that's that's a little bit uh odd when you have yeah. three people predicting yeah uh i'd like to see calgary win season series though four two for edmonton in the playoffs though they say goaltending comes to the four well that's true and i'll get to that mm-hmm. in a sec uh canadian content this is where Edmonton's far above everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone, yeah. seventeen out of their twenty-two players, Oof. Canadian. Yeah, and uh, so seventy-seven point two seven percent compared to Calgary, eight out of twenty-one. So Oof. they're quite low at thirty-one point yeah. eight. And based on all of that, uh, I'm going to go with Edmonton in six. I absolutely uh, are going with Edmonton as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned goaltending, yes. and that might be the thing that sways it in Calgary's favor. But I tell you. Mike Smith looked better than I've ever seen him play in Game 7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if he can carry that into the second round, that will uh, that might be the difference right there. Because that, that matchup, Ebenen has the top scorer after the first round. Yeah. Connor McDavid, 14 points in seven games. Calgary has the top goaltender, Jacob Marst- yeah. Markstrom, 1.53 goals against average. Yeah. That'll change. That'll change against Edmonton. Well, well yeah. It, or that, be, that'll change totally because I... I don't know for sure, but I can't see McDavid averaging two points a game against Calgary. Probably not. No. So his average points per game is going to come down. Yeah, but he's going to give other players points. Yeah, maybe you'll have you'll yeah. you'll need to see. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that might sway it, and this is uh, something the Oilers didn't have, and that was uh, Evander Kane. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, and a yeah. lot of people poo pooed him, poo pooed the trade. Yeah. I and I looked at him. I looked at him. I looked at that trade, and I said, I thought, you know what, he is the top, uh, top power power forward in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Even when he got traded, yeah. you know, sure he's got issues personal and can be a, a bit of a pain in the butt. I don't yeah. care. But I if would, he steps up him. and can play like he can play. Yeah. That might be the difference as far as the offense goes. will just bowl you over. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got to wrap it up here. That'll do it for today's show. Um, Kylie Lewis Holt on tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. 
You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned 